Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, after this long winter, my family needs a style pick-me-up for spring. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, spring's first big sale is on now. Pick up fresh styles for the family from just $5, 10 and $15. With tees and tanks from 5 bucks, kids' shorts from 10 bucks, and jeans from 15 bucks. Whoa, styles from just 5 bucks? That's right. Plus, get 50% off swimwear and buy online and pick up in-store for free today. Now that's a real pick-me-up. Get to Old Navy and OldNavy.com now for spring styles from 5 10 and 15 bucks. About 318 to 326 in-stores. Select styles only. Excludes licensed and in-store clearance. Hey, it's Adam. Welcome back to part two of the Juvenalia 2018 Sampler Platter. Sarah and Adam are still not here because I did all of this in one big go. And we're just going to give you some more little morsels, little appetizers, little uh, canapes of the episodes from the second half of the year. Just on a professional note, I recorded the final four episodes of Roast Chestnuts today uh, with Gene Sutton. Uh, which is the other podcast I co-host on the Heads Up Podcast Network. They're where we review made-for-TV Christmas movies. It's a very fun podcast. Uh, some of our guests will be familiar to you if you listen to Juvenalia. But I did record four episodes of those today and the links for part one of this, and now I'm going to record this. So if I sound punch-drunk or delirious or um, if I just trail off, then that's why I apologise, but also I make no apologies. So let's get going. July was a month that happened and it was warm. It was a very warm month. It was very warm in the studio. It's very cold now because it's December. And our first guest in July was Andrea Cleary, who you know from many podcasts. She's currently the co-host of the 9 or 9 podcast, and which is very good. I highly recommend it. And she came and talked to us about Babe, the little pig who is our friend, Babe. And we had just a great time talking about Babe and about how Babe is a sports movie and about Andrea's veganism. And we learned a lot. We laughed a lot. We cried a lot because that's what Babe does. Babe is a very special movie and we talked about it and we had a fun time. So then also coming up after that, we have Root Hunter, who is a comedian who you should know and you should find and you should give money to because she is hilarious and she got off a flight to Tokyo and came straight to the studio and in that state talked to us about Gilmore Girls and it was a blast so I think you've probably listened to that one already if you listen to this but if you haven't go listen to it right now we're going to play a little sample where Ellen imagines Rory um, drunk dialing Jess about his book so that's good and after that we had Fanula Jones from the Daily Edge in and we also had guest host uh, Carolyn O'Donoghue to join us for that one. So Fanula talked to us about Stardoll, which is a website that I was completely unfamiliar with. But Fanula is great and we love her and that was a lot of fun. So listen to three of those and then like, let me know what you think. And then I'll be back in a minute. All right. Bye. So good. <laughs> I like that when he succeeds at the end, they just cut to her. F- it's just a close up of just her face <gasps> yeah. crying and snotty. And I was like, oh, it's turned into a mirror. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. how I was. Yeah. Was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I had like three hours sleep the night before I watched it. Oh, God. And basically from when he walks out into the field with the farmer at the competition till the very end, I was just yeah. crying. That's it. Like it's... Just, you can't turn it off. No. He's just so good. No. And then he says the words at the end. Oh, God. Just... It's... You know what bit made me cry? 
at the Christmas bit when he sang the Christmas song. <gasps> oh God! <laughs> when when he's trying to get Babe yeah. to eat, yeah. it's oh. or the part where um, I just love Babe. It reminds me of when you're a little kid and something's bothering you and you don't want to say it because you know someone else is upset. Like when he found out that pigs are for eating and then Fly is like do you want to talk about it and he's like no I'll be alright yeah. and I was like I have to go oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> full on cry. like I yeah. watched this this morning so yeah. I'm still a basket case of emotions yeah. right uh-huh. now I'm still shook like yeah. and yeah like it's it's one of those things as well where you're, you're crying because it it makes sense from so many different angles like you like the part that kills me is when Babe is sick and um it's it's just before Hoggett sings or when he sings to him and he's trying to get him to he's trying to get mm. the bottle into his yeah. mouth and I'm like, look at this old fashioned farmer guy yeah. who's just like cradling his pig so and, tenderly yeah, yeah and just caring for his pig and it's just, oh no I can't I can't even think no, about I it like. in this episode. Yeah, no. It's, I'm, I'm on the verge, like, yeah. five minutes. Oh, God, it's just so sweet. This is the crying. I know what else it makes, it makes me sad as well. Come on. But then there's the Jess thing. Yeah. As well, I don't know why. If she had the chance, she she threw that away. Because mm. yeah, no, she never does have sex with Jess. Do you no. think they never had sex? Because they have the whole thing. Oh, of... Over those 10 years in between, they probably Oh, did. they probably definitely did. Yeah. yeah. Like... She's like, I'm in New York, like drunk. You know. <laughs> what did she say? When yeah, she I, was, I, I'm I, in New York. <laughs> I think your, your book, your book was so good, and I, I think I don't tell you that enough that your yeah, book is good. Yeah, your book is good. Okay, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm in your book in New York. I just find where it the is, clitoris is. <laughs> I know you know. <laughs> I know, I know you. You always knew where it was. <laughs> you have a leather jacket, and that's how I know you knew. <laughs> that's what that's a symbol for, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Throughout cinema and TV history, like versus yeah, James Dean or whatever. Like, <gasps> skills. He knows where the clitoris is. <laughs> I know. Well, I remember. I I didn't actually use Star Dolls, but I used lots of platforms that are very like it. Like mm. we basically, you have a cartoony type anime character, and you put clothes on them or whatever. Um, and I always remember, like even when I was like twelve, being like, I don't want to make it too attractive because I don't want to feel like I'm lying. Like <laughs> I want to make it like moderately attractive, like sensible Bob on Rain this doll. Because I didn't want anyone in school to think that like I thought that I was amazing. Yeah, I yeah. Mean? <laughs> Oh no, I went like full glam bitch. Like it was like, I were, like I'd be in my like, they were our, the houses were called like suites and I'd be wearing like full evening gowns and like loads of diamonds because like that was, that was kind of the standard. So like as with like most social networks or whatever, like, or even before kind of the time of celebrities, like you'd have like these hierarchies where like, like there were users that'd be more popular and stuff and oh, yeah. you'd have to try and emulate them in terms of like their style and their suite and stuff. But even to kind of do that, like... I remember recently I downloaded the Kim Kardashian game. Not recently. This is like when it first came out. This yeah. was like yesterday. And it was like, you couldn't really progress unless you paid money for it. I remember being like, what the hell? I'm not, I've done deleted it. Yeah, but then yeah. remembered that like, with Stardall, they had a way where if you paid like 250 out of your credit, mm. you got like um, this thing called superstar status, which meant you could buy like certain clothes and stuff. Um, and you got like a certain amount of star dollars and you could get things that weren't available to like users who didn't pay and I would say that I spent 
two fifty a week for the bones of like a year and a half. Like I'd probably have a mortgage now. If oh I didn't, my god! Like, I didn't spend all that money on start all, but but like how. I'm back. See, I told you they were good episodes. Um, so yeah, go check those out. They're all very, very good. Uh, next up, we had uh, DJ Claire Beck, who came in. She uh, hosts Fear Fun on the Headset Podcast Network. She's also on Today FM. She just plays bangers in clubs in places. If you're in a place where she's playing, you should go. Uh, especially when she listen to her talks for us about Rapper's Delight. Um, the classic 14-minute first official rap single. Um, but more importantly, she talked to us just about like what being a DJ is like and about her history as a DJ because she's been doing it since she was 14. And she also talked to us about like what it's like watching a DJ build a set and the experience of it. And it was just fascinating to get that insight into how that works from someone who does it. And it's just it was a really good episode. I'm really happy with it. Uh, I hope you all listen to it. Next was our second live show of the year. We did three live shows this year, uh, which is unbelievable. But we were very happy with all of them and people came to them. Um, so this one was at All Together Now, the All Together Now Festival in Waterford. So I only, only had to travel half an hour for it, which I normally have to travel two hours for these things. So that was that was already good. Uh, the second good thing was that our guest was Emily Pine, author of Notes to Self and winner of Best Newcomer Award at the Irish Book Awards very recently. And Emily is like brilliant and funny and she was an absolute joy to talk to the, the the time flew and we were talking to her and then the third thing was that we were on at the same time as the new power generation but people actually like stayed and talked to us and like watched us well the new power generation were on so that was nice uh emily talked to us about little women and we talked about joe a lot obviously and we talked about the film version we did another one of our quizzes gave away some some I have to say excellent prizes I think one of the best prizes we've ever given away so shout out to some of the people who won those and at the end we gave away badges and this like little girl came up to me who was like 9 or 10 years old asked for a badge and I gave her a badge and she said thank you that was very interesting that's like the best thing that's ever happened to me so that was that made it all work well you guys so like all of you listening and like tweeting and retweeting and sharing it that's amazing but also that we kept a child's attention talking about little women is good so this is a good episode you should listen to that one you're gonna hear a little bit from that now and then also we had uh when caroline o'donoghue was in here with us guest co-hosting we talked to jenna steber of polygon.com and i'm a big fan of jenna's work with polygon you should look at some of the work she does on overboard which is their board games series on there she is very good on that and she talked to us at sailor moon which is something i knew of but had never seen because it like barely aired over here um i know somebody a lot of illustrators listen to the show and they've all really seen it they were like the right age to see it but i'd never seen it so it was an education i felt slightly bad afterwards that i was so ignorant of it because i really tried but it's just you can't find it over here if you don't pirate stuff and I'm too old to know how to pirate stuff anymore but Jenna was great we had a great chat and you're going to hear Jenna talking about uh, writing a letter of complaint to her local news station when they got anime wrong which was great so that's the next little bit of things you're going to hear and we'll see you back in a minute it's it's so funny like people they one of my DJ bugbears is format like people go like oh like it was when CDJs came out like you know kind of CD players like oh if you use CDs instead of records you're not a real DJ if you use for a very short time we thought it might be mini discs Um, and then it's like oh if you use a laptop and a controller you're not a real DJ if you use USB and it's like bullshit you're either able to make a crowd of people command command a room tell a story make people dance or you're not you know you either have that or you don't or you you know you work on that like it's nothing to do with the format and it just pisses me off when people are like oh vinyl is this like I love vinyl don't get me wrong like I play either vinyl or USB but 
it's so hot like that's just my chosen formats hmm. you know sorry I've just I've never and this is this is me being like bad at music but I've never heard it put like that that's that's what a DJ is that it's a person who commands a room of people and tells a story that is fucking cool that, well that's what I think it, like that because you're at the end of the day it's like what we were saying it's like I think of songs as building blocks and you yeah. want to I mean you can go you know you're you're you're, you're moving a crowd yeah you're telling yeah. a story you're so it's like peaks, like if you like a good DJ like for me like a good DJ it's like there's peaks and valleys it goes up it goes down it goes around like it's no crack to go and you know if you go to like a junior disco and obviously it's a different like I don't mean you go to but when you enter junior <laughs> disco yeah. um it's so so high energy and it's so exciting that the DJ is literally going bam, 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 bam and playing like hit, 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 hit and you'd only know so many songs but a good DJ will command the, everybody's room like command the, like everyone's attention in the room and take everyone and it's like a collective thing. We lived in a house that got broken into over and over and over and um, I think we got broken into like maybe four times in one year when I was a kid and every time they just kicked in the front door took the tally and ran out again. Um, and the fourth time, the insurance company refused to replace the television. Um, and so my mother said, right, well, we're going to go back to basics and we'll read by the fireside. I mean, it was like something out of the 19th century. We'll read by the fireside. I did word puzzles in one of those word puzzle books. I loved it. Um, and, you know, have family time and so on. I was retelling this story to my mum a couple of years ago. And I said, oh, you know, and the insurance company wouldn't replace the TV. And she goes, oh, yeah, I made that last break-in up. Oh. Um, I didn't actually like the television I thought it was really intrusive so I just put it in the back of the wardrobe and told you <laughs> and it was gone and uh, for a second there I thought you were going to say she was running like a TV ring out the back like that she was in collusion running a pawn shop but no no yeah high insurance costs so yeah no uh, no she just actually it was again just about creating kind of family time and she and, and we didn't have television for a long time and then we did get the TV in order to I think my mum and I were really into snooker and so we got it sorry deep cut (laughs) and we had a black and white television then when we did get it so you had to sometimes work out what ball had been potted from the score and and, uh, so there was maths involved as well as you know staying up really late and watching Jimmy White he was just our favourite player because he was such an underdog you've no idea who Jimmy White is absolutely (laughs) not I was just thinking I was like I have a very very distinct memory of watching Big Break a bunch when I was a kid but I was just like no no man that's a that's amazing though like what, was, what, a, yeah. what a pursuit it's a, a very bonding thing we will still happily sit and watch either tennis or snooker for hours just, just sitting side by side but I definitely like I definitely remember as a kid god this is this is a very specific childhood memory I remember there was a local news show like the news the news network that posted or ran this piece about anime and what is it doing to your children no way uh, yeah, and I saw it and was so upset because I loved anime that I wrote an email to <laughs> an email. the network. Yeah, it's it's this thing. It's this new thing. It's this electronic mail <laughs> that you send on a computer. I sent an email to the news network, being like, "Actually, I can't believe you would say such thing. Anime is a lot of different things, and if you would watch more of it, you would have a better rounded understanding of." It. Oh, that's and so I think cute. They, it was extremely adorable. I don't think I ever told my parents that I did such a thing <laughs> but they they, uh, they emailed back being like thank you for your response and that was pretty much it Aww. but very adorable early kind of anime activism <laughs> <laughs> see three guests uh, all absolute choice so 
We are into late September. We are about to wake up Billy Joe Armstrong with the pure podcast magnificence that is our spaced episode with Shane Langan of The Diet of Worms and The Watches and Becca's Bunch and all those things. Delighted to have Shane in. We love Shane. He is the nicest man in the world and he was the nicest man in our podcast that day. So enjoy a bit of that. Then we come to our final live episode of the year and we decided to go big because it was a Dublin podcast festival. Uh, so we got two guests. We only ever had one guest. We went for two guests and we got a bit of like a yin and yang 90s music thing going on. So we had Nadine O'Regan, who should need no introduction, broadcaster, writer with Sunday Business Post. She was here to talk to us about grunge. And then we also had Neve Farrell of Ham Sandwich, who was here to talk to us about Take That. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much to everybody who came to that, because I know doing like three live events in a year is a lot of an ask, but some of you came to all of them. So that's special and good. And thank you so much. Uh, we also had another quiz. We had, I think, very good prizes at that one. And... Yeah, that was fun. That was good. You're going to hear a little bit of that now. And then the last person you're going to hear in this little section is Auntie Donahue again. You heard her in part one talking about Star Wars. She came back. We had so much fun with her uh, when her book actually came out. Nobody cares. Um, is the name of her book. You should buy it because it is excellent. But we decided to get her back when her book actually came out. So she came back and talked to us about Romeo and Juliet. Again, I filmed my scene once. Watched it again. I am in love with Romeo and Juliet now. It's a, just one of the best films I've ever seen. I love it. So we just had another great old time at Auntie Donahue. Um, so that's three things you're going to listen to right now. I'm okay, <laughs> yeah. you know. And the yeah. surrounding cast is amazing as well. Absolutely, yeah. I l- like the cast is absolutely incredible. Like um, Mike, uh, Nick Frost played. Like he, oh. he, he, that was he was like he wasn't an actor. He was. Mm. He was just a person. He was just a person. Yeah. He was just. Uh, He'd done a bit of stand up, I think. Had he? I mean, yeah, he, he think, might have yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. And but he was t- he was uh, Simon Pegg's. Um, flatmate mm. and they sort of had to lie to Channel 4 and say he's an actor mm. and to get him the part and I don't think Edgar Wright was that keen obviously <laughs> to have somebody play a, a rando in a role. <laughs> yeah well my mate's really funny like that, that's always a really great thing to hear um, but uh, he was amazing like and you look at you look at that character that's I think that was like a character he used to do around the house or whatever Mike but he was like an older character and he was sort of you know a bit more like he seems like this is like a dude who's like really who's in the territory, territorial army is really into guns and you think okay well, that's a very big broad character and but he's got so much going on like he's such a he's such a kind character and he's such a like emotionally like now and again sort of emotionally articulate character and sort of you know and it's sort of like despite all the trappings of you know serious masculinity all the guns and all that there's something very soft very soft yeah. about him it's kind of like the way like a like a child is obsessed with action films yeah. rather than the way a, like a weird guy living on his own yeah stripping machine guns which Mike did do but like in a childlike way um, yeah but yeah you don't yeah. feel it doesn't feel like that because I had a friend like that in college um, we called him a right wing friend ah, and yes. he's in the army now and he won't tell us what he does in the army so that's suspicious but um, we were sitting in a pub once and he said he knew how he would clear the, the pub in under two minutes <laughs> and I was like okay um and that's fine I mean he's still a very nice man he has a cat and it's yeah. it's good oh is he a cat person yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
I was too small. Oh, that's yeah, okay. I was like, when Take That disbanded, I was three. Ah, real. So, okay. Um, yeah. okay. Yeah. I was a bit older and had yeah. to take a day off school. So, yeah. yeah. What? yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. I, I was. Robbie left. How did you feel when Robbie left first? I didn't really care because I didn't really like Robbie too much. Okay. <gasps> Money. Yeah, no, like, I mean, I, I love Take That, but when Robbie left, that wasn't so much of a big deal. He's but it, I, I remember feeling like, oh this is the start of something really bad like Robbie's going what's going on um, and then I remember the day that they broke up and it was all over the news and there was like videos of like girls crying outside and stuff and I lost the fucking sorry could I swear yeah, away. Away. Okay. I lost swear, the yeah. fucking yeah. plot no, right? and, <laughs> and I cried and cried and cried and my mother came up to me in the, mo the morning I was meant to be going to school she walked in and she went you're not fucking going to school <laughs> and I sat in my room listening to Take That Songs for the whole day crying my eyes out I was devastated I really really hit me really bad because I like I cared about these dudes like these were my dudes you know and they <laughs> and all of a sudden they didn't care about each other anymore they didn't care about us yeah. And it's such a big deal because like you're made to care about them so hard mm -hmm. that you feel like so close to them. And then all of a sudden well. like you feel like they don't give a shit. Like yeah. that's, that's so hard. It's the she does not seem like someone that would enjoy a prank. She does like no. she just mm. does not. I just keep thinking I've... of her Homeland character and I'm like, whoa, oh, no, right? she doesn't want to be surprised. <laughs> Well, a friend of mine, um, so, okay, so she was filming when she, so she was on Homeland and then Hugh Dancy was in Hannibal and Hannibal filmed in Toronto and they lived around the corner from my friend. And one time we followed Hugh Dancy to their house Don't worry about <laughs> it. and then another time a different friend was sitting next to them at Taroni, which is like this really great Italian restaurant in in toronto and then like and even at lunch my friend was like she seemed just like serious like you know what i mean like mm -hmm. i feel like claire danes is a serious person like yeah. she's not about to like like where you know how you see behind the scenes of like kate and leo and titanic and they're like goofing play around. fighting and throwing ice at each other yeah. yeah i think claire danes would not like any of that she'd just be like what are you doing some people are serious um while I don't understand them, I respect them and I'm kind of afraid. Yeah, because I I want to be, I'm only serious around people I hate. And then I'm seriously mean. <laughs> Just like very icy. And then the rest of the right, time, like, you're a clown. I'm kind of the same. Yeah, it's like I'm a nice queen if I, if I hate you so much. But like, <laughs> I wish I could like just roll on your podcast and be like, I have come up with these intellectual answers and here we go. But I can't like, instead I just keep going on about like pretending I was dead. Like what is that? I can't, it's over. But that's better. It's yeah. more interesting. We could get like a film theorist to come on, but like I could also just read those articles myself. That's not the vibe, you know? Yeah, we could just read yeah. the Wikipedia article for MTV style editing if you want. But I mean, it's more interesting oh to hear about like your lifelong <laughs> obsession with Leonardo DiCaprio. All right, here we go. The final stretch. These are the last four morsels of Juvenile 2018. So what you're going to hear next is Caroline O'Donoghue, again, on her third appearance on Juvenalia this year, twice as a co-host, once as a guest. So when she was in co-hosting, we had a little bit of time in between guests. So me and Caroline just decided to talk about The Sims for about an hour. So that's good. It was a lot of fun. I think a lot of you listened to it. A lot of you liked it. So you want to hear a little bit from that. Uh, then next, uh, Tony Duffin of the Harm Reduction Charity, Anna Liffey, 
joined us to talk about the old main drag by the Pogues and how that influenced his work in harm reduction charities. So you're going to hear a little bit of that. That was a fascinating episode. Tony is an incredibly interesting man. Um, you should definitely listen to that one if you haven't already. It was just a it's a very different episode for us but very interesting and uh, I should mention there is as a content warning there is talk of drug abuse and domestic abuse and that kind of thing in that episode so just um, mind yourself if that is a thing for you and what else then we had uh, Jack Fennell editor of uh, A Brilliant Void uh, which is out now on Tramp Press which is an anthology of Irish sci-fi uh, and it's it's so good it's really good go get that if you haven't yet and he came in and talked to us about Star Trek Next Generation, which was my absolute favourite um, programme from when I was like eight till I was 12. So I had a lot to say, a lot of stuff bottled up to say about Star Trek. Jack had a lot to say. Sarah didn't really know about Star Trek and had lots of excellent questions to keep us focused, I guess would be the best way to describe that because we would have went all over the place otherwise. So that was a really fun episode to do. And then finally, our last um, regular episode of the year, was with Valerie Loftus. Um, you might remember Valerie came in and talked to us a bit on our 2016 Christmas special, that zoo episode where we had 16 people in the studio. I was so hungover for that episode, you guys. That was that was tough going. Yeah, uh, so I was glad to get Valerie in to do a real episode um, by herself without 15 other people. So Valerie talked to us about the Spice Girls and that was... It was, it was a load of fun. We recorded just before they announced we were doing Irish shows, so there's a little bit of talk in that episode about would they play Ireland. Turns out, yes, they will, and I have tickets, and I'm going. What you're going to hear is Valerie talking about being furious about not being invited up on stage with bands when she was a small child, uh, which is very endearing and very good. So listen to those, and I'll be back with some thank yous, with some goodbyes. Um, yeah, see you in a minute. Yeah. Um, but anyway, in answer to your question, um, my favourite way of killing them, because in, this, in the, uh, the Sims living it up, you mm. could get a firework set display thing, which okay. you were supposed to use in your back garden, yeah. but you could also use it inside, and then you just start fires in your house. <laughs> 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 and then the Grim Reaper would come, Yeah, but then you could also like freeze the game, build a wall around him, and then he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? My favourite thing that I read about, it was someone, I think it was on Reddit. Um, so in the later Sims games you can like give people desires and adjust their personalities more yeah. than you created them so someone created this like goblin creature who loved being alone and loved art yes and, I read about this one built a basement yeah put him in there um, closed it off entirely gave him a cooker and a bed I think and a toilet yeah and he would just paint all day and then they would sell the paintings and he just got better and better at painting in his but basement sadder and sadder yeah oh, he's happy because he was alone and painting so that was all he needed <laughs> But the family above didn't know he existed. They just knew these paintings yeah, the would appear. And, so, and that's actually the plot of a uh, Chuck Palahniuk book as well. No where, way. Like, there's this like um, island community and it's kind of like a faded grandeur island community. Yeah. And there's this woman there and her husband dies and she suddenly gets the urge to paint again which she hadn't had for years and she becomes amazing and they lock her in a room and she dies and they sell off all her amazing paintings and they do that every couple of generations to refresh the finances of this island. So that's the Chuck Palahniuk Sims connection. Recreational drug use and uh, and and problematic so non problematic drug use and problematic drug use recreational and let's say addictional dependency, mm. uh, but it doesn't matter. Like it, it, it what matters is is that that. that uh, drug use is a health issue. You take mm-hmm. risks associated to your health, mm-hmm. um, and and it shouldn't be criminalised. Uh, possession of drugs should not be criminalised. Um, it 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 hasn't worked. Um, mm. We have more drugs than ever. They are cheap. 
they are more potent than ever. Ecstasy, MDMA has never been as, as potent and as strong as it is now. Heroin is strong. Um, cocaine is back in a big way and, and, and is, is very pure um, and, uh, and has all these uh, risks, these health associated risks. So I think that the, the, there has been a really good discourse in the media recently mm -hmm. um, and, uh, uh, and the narrative has been very strong in terms of harm reduction um, and a health-led approach to drug use. And Data has a pet cat called Spot and there's a point in the... Sorry, uh, my brain's on the floor. I keep talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the android has a pet cat called Spot. And in this episode, we discovered that Spot is pregnant. Oh. And... He kind of goes, well, how did Spot get pregnant? And he Actually, says, no question. You're in space. <laughs> we're in space. How did Spot get pregnant? And it's like, there are 17 unneutered male cats running around the Enterprise. I mean, whoever wrote that has... I was going to say, that's great writing. <laughs> that is brilliant writing. But, like but whoever wrote that has no idea what what that would entail. I mean, the, the, the Enterprise must reek. Yeah. Just cat <laughs> well, maybe he doesn't have any space mice. That's why they're there, right? Like, hmm. they, they, you know, Disneyland has like fucking 30 cats that just walk yeah. around killing all the rats yeah the Disneyland yeah. parks just have Maybe. cats that live there yeah, and that, like, that the enterprise must be like self-cleaning as well because you never see a cleaner yeah. anywhere is it an organism Maybe it is. It's like a big stereo head cannon. Yeah. Head cannon. Maybe. That's yeah. it. It's a big, yeah, it's a big be. organism. Because that's something someone else um, was saying that because it's like m money isn't a thing uh. why would somebody join Starfleet because you, you might die you could very well die yeah, mm. and they're saying it's because that's where the holodecks are. <laughs> Everybody just joins Starfleet just get time on the holodecks because that that's where they keep the holodecks. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, that video was iconic to me because obviously it was shot in Ireland. I don't know how anybody. I don't know how I was. I knew this. Somebody must have told me, and I was absolutely outraged because I wasn't in it. And this <laughs> is something that has played. Like I don't know why it was very like it happened again and again when I was when I was small. That I was like I just didn't understand if if they were in the country or if there were fans meeting them, why I wasn't one of them. I remember watching them on the telly. There was must have been some sort of Christmas special on. And at the end of their performance, they brought a load of fans up on stage and I wept because I was like, come on. <laughs> I'm sitting here. This means the most to me. Yeah, yeah. but literally when um, Boyzone did their final gig in the RDS and it must have been 1997 or something like that and my parents brought me and I was absolutely ecstatic I was so excited and we were sitting up in the nosebleeds um, I had the time of my life throughout the concert until <laughs> they brought up a couple of fans on stage and it, it all just like turned I started crying oh. I wailed oh. I wailed and you can imagine I was small and my parents were just like oh my god how did we get her stop she's being so unreasonable I was just like I don't understand why those children are allowed to be up on stage boys and I'm up here so far away in these like shite seats <laughs> context becoming it's like the, it's the magic is shattered oh the, absolutely yeah. I was like wait I'm not actually like as special to them as like these particular children um, like they were probably like nepotism kids you know like I'm, I'm saying this to myself now you know to make myself feel better but they were probably like people's kids you know like their oh, managers and oh, yeah, definitely yeah. managers kids Without yeah. doubt, but this this didn't um, occur to me at the time I just I in my head they'd been selected from for the, the purity of their love yeah. yeah and I was like well I love them more so I don't understand why I'm not up there so it happened a lot that I would just be like absolutely bereft by like not being included in this this thing <laughs> I don't know so there we go. That is every episode, a little bit of every episode uh, of Juvenalia from 2018. 
Except for our Christmas special, because you just listened to that. You probably listened to that. I'm sure you've listened to that. Uh, go listen to that if you haven't. So, I want to thank some people, and you should stay tuned to the end, because I might thank you, the listener. Will I? I don't know. Let's see. Hang on, and wait and see. Uh, I want to thank the Headstop Podcast Network, because... As we say, every episode of their studio is just a beautiful studio. It's a very nice place to record. They support so many podcasts and it's just a great little network to be on. They let us they let us away with anything. They don't try to tell us who we should have on or what we should do. They're just a very nice group of people to work for and work with. Um, so thank you to them. Thank you to Brian. Um, Brian, who likes to be anonymous, so we'll keep him anonymous. But Brian produces all the episodes. Yeah, because if you listen back to the early episodes where, where I did it, uh, they're all quite quiet and that's because I am shy and have self-esteem issues and makes my voice quite low. So Brian doesn't let me do that. Brian puts me front and center and makes my voice sound nicer than it is in real life. So thank you, Brian. Thank you to Dee McDonald for our artwork because it's amazing artwork. And like every time I open the podcast app to check that the new episode is there and I see like that artwork in the podcast app, it I love it all over again because it's just, it's a beautiful little logo. So thank you to Dee for fucking nailing that first time. Uh, she really did. She did a fucking amazing job. Um, I hate swearing on podcasts. I don't really do it much, but I just, I, I feel very passionately about our logo. A lot of people don't realize that I did the music. That's why I don't thank anybody for the music because that would be weird. But the that juvenile music, that I did that on GarageBand with pressing buttons and um, a drum machine that I had on my laptop. So that's who does that. Uh, I'm not going to thank myself, but just, just so you know, that's... If you were wondering, that's who did that. Thank you to the guest co-hosts that we had this year. So thank you to Stacey Groudon, who came in at the start of the year. Thank you to Cara Moynihan, who uh, co-hosted our ET episode. Um, that was super nice for uh, We Love Karen. Uh, you should listen to her podcast, uh, Double Love, which is a Sweet Valley High recap podcast with Anna Carey. It's excellent, a lot of fun. And then thank you to Caroline O'Donoghue as well, who came in and co-hosted two episodes with me as well. Um, thank you also to Gene Sutton, my Roast Chestnuts co-host, who also co-hosts two episodes, but those episodes ended up getting accidentally deleted, which is no one's fault. It's just one of those things that happens. But yeah, there's two lost episodes of Juvenalia that no one will ever hear, which is a shame because they were they were good. But I'm not going to tell you what they are because one of them was re-recorded and you've listened to it already. And another one we're going to re-record real soon. So I don't want you to have like, you wouldn't even know it was re-recorded. But unfortunately it wasn't with Gene because Gene wasn't available. So... Who else? Like, it feels weird to thank Sarah and Ellen because they're my co-hosts and we're like equal partners. I just happen to be in the studio today to do this. Um, but Sarah Marie Griffin and Ellen Tannum are like, you couldn't ask for better co-hosts. They're so funny and smart and wise. And I'm more of a listener than a talker. So having people who are good at talking as your co-hosts, it makes the podcast. It would it would be such a worse podcast if it was just me. Oh, you have no idea. We wouldn't have gotten past like two episodes if it was just me so I'm a cog in this machine and really this podcast is really about me like just getting to be in a room with Sarah Marie Griffin and Alan Tannum and watching them talk to people and me jumping in every now and again that's what that's what I like doing that's what the magic of Juvenilia is to me and then thank you to you the listener yeah you're welcome I'm glad you stuck around to hear that bit so that's it happy new year everybody hope you're enjoying this weird week in between Christmas and New Year's I probably am because I'm off work so goodbye happy new year bye 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 bye
HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details.